My pleasure to welcome back the president of both Wyndham and Bacchus Hospitals, Donna Hanley, talk about what's going on in the local hospitals. And, well, we know one thing, Donna, one thing is uh, there's a few less people in the ICU and some of the hospitalizations you've had from COVID. Are you seeing improvement as far as your census is concerned at your two hospitals? Good morning, Wayne. Great to be here. Thank you. Yes, actually, after an incredibly busy three months, this morning we had a total of 10 COVID patients in both hospitals, one at Wyndham Hospital and nine at Bacchus Hospital, only one in critical care. So we are absolutely going in the right direction. How bad was it back in... January specifically, regarding the, the big spike we had, 25% cent posit, positivity rate and the like, did you have full ICUs at either hospital at that point? So, Wayne, it's, um, the last three months have been the most intense of the pandemic for the East region, for Bacchus and Wyndham hospitals, really began in mid-December. And in January, we had... We opened two new ICUs at Bacchus to care for our patients regionally. We had 30 critical care patients um, up from a you know, normal census of 12 or 13. So we were able to expand and we created ICUs both in the um, PACU at Bacchus Hospital and we turned our PCU, which is a step-down unit, into a critical care unit. So it was very intense, and at the same time, we had our highest number of COVID staff. So it was an incredible challenge, but our teams, our physicians, our nurses um, worked incredibly hard. And, you know, I'm really proud to say that as we were looking at, you know, four times a day, my leadership team meant to look at, you know, what is the ED volume? Our, our emergency departments were incredibly busy. You know, the patients, you know, kept coming and we kept caring for them and finding room for those that needed to be there. We, um, so it was, it was intense, but I reached out to one of my colleagues and the LifeStar team um, came to the East region to help support our critical care patients. So we had LifeStar critical care, RNs, respiratory therapists and paramedics in our ED supporting our critical care nurses on the unit. So we were able to get through that very dark period by this intense leadership and support from the system of Hartford Healthcare. Donna, at what point should people go to the hospital when they've got COVID? I know a lot of people, especially in the last couple of months, who've gotten it, and there are several and probably many, who just have a couple of pretty bad days at home, and they're okay, they don't need hospitalization. So I'm curious what that dividing line is. When is it that somebody should go for hospitalization? So that's a great question, Wayne. So as you've just described, for many people, it feels like a cold, or it feels like the flu, or they have no symptoms at all. We call it an incidental finding of COVID positivity. But high fevers, shortness of breath, um, you know, symptoms that don't, that continue to increase and, and worsen over days rather than what you've just described as what would be a normal respiratory virus during, you know, the winter. 
And I had a couple of my friends a few weeks ago who just said they got done with the two worst weeks of their life. So it's not all the two days and you're, you're back in the saddle once again. I'm also noticing from the statewide numbers that there is an increasing number of people hospitalized statewide who are vaccinated. That number keeps creeping up and up. Is there a reason for that? Why now are people that have been vaccinated turning out to get serious cases? So the, the, the Omicron is a new variant. And although we, we, at first glance, we anticipated it was um, less serious um, or causing more serious illnesses, clearly not the case in unvaccinated um, patients. So vaccinated plus booster. I mean, we are mandating boosters for all of our staff in Harvard Healthcare and our hospitals by March 31st because the data is very clear that now boosters plus two vaccinations or one, you know, um, really give you the immunity you need to help. And you know, the, you know, one of the misnomers, Wayne, over this period of time, and we've, we learned we, it's almost two years. You know, in a few weeks, it will be two years since we were hit with the pandemic. And we have learned every single week and month more about this disease and our response to the disease. And as the disease, you know, as the variants, you know, as the virus um, morphs, that um, first it was one booster, then we had the second, and now we're adding the booster as, descri- as defining fully vaccinated. So we have vaccinated, and then we have um, those that are fully vaccinated with boosters. So we are absolutely encouraging all members of the community to add the booster. Speaking of that, do you think a second booster shot will be approved soon? What are you hearing about that? Well, the data will drive that decision. You know, it may be, and we don't know this, you know, and I'm not an infectious disease specialist, although I work with some fabulous infectious disease specialists, that as the data becomes clear, we'll make those right decisions. It's clearly, you know, a conversation at the CDC and at the national and international level. You know, we've heard, you know, experts talk about we get a flu vaccine every year. We may need a booster every year. We just don't know. But we will follow the science and the evidence. And now in my case, I had my second shot a year ago. I'm wondering if you can tell me how much of that shot is now protecting me. And then five months ago, I had the booster. Right now, is it that booster that's doing most of the heavy lifting? Yes. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, then I wish I could quote you a percentage, but I will get that for you. The percentage of immunity that you have. Um, five months later after being fully vaccinated, as we describe it. So much talk recently about the home test kits, but not as much talk about where you can get the vaccine now. So as far as Harford Healthcare and Wyndham and Bacchus are concerned, where can you get the vaccine now? And along those lines, where do you get tested these days from a statewide, from the public, from the Harford Healthcare type site? So we have seven-day-a-week testing on both the Wyndham campus and for Bacchus, it is at, um, on Stott Ave, across from Dodge Stadium in our administrative building. So seven days a week testing. Um, we do, um, you do make an appointment so that we can get you through the line quickly. Um, and we still are providing boosters at both of our hospitals. 
both on Wyndham and Bacchus campus. And our website gives you know, hours, dates, and you know, the times so that anybody who wants to come, we are happy to see and get boosters. Donna, as numbers come down, do you see light at the end of the tunnel? Moderna indicated yesterday that it thinks the end is sight. Do you concur with that? I do. You know, about two weeks ago when we were still, you know, many critical care patients and, you know, what was really challenging is we saw younger, you know, in December, the highest number of admitted patients in our region were in the 30 to early 40s age bracket, which was so different from the beginning of the pandemic. But I saw the numbers in New York and it was like a waterfall. You know, really, really high numbers, and then they came down quickly, and that is exactly what we've experienced in the last two weeks. Donna, what are your thoughts on the debate regarding COVID numbers, patients who were hospitalized because of COVID, or who were diagnosed with COVID when they were in for something else? It's so interesting. We're monitoring and collecting that data every day um, in all of our hospitals, and the incidental finding, which is when, when a patient comes in with another issue, health issue, and they test positive, we still test, um, we test every patient when they come in to make sure that we're keeping all patients and staff safe. And it's likely we have higher incidental findings than patients being admitted for COVID. Do you currently have visitor restrictions at your hospitals? So we have opened our visitor um, policy so noon to 8 p.m., um, we at Hartford Healthcare are having those conversations how we continue to um, open up and our visitor policies. Um, and so ongoing, uh, but for us, and I have to, um, I really do want to, you know, recognize my team because although we were restricting to one family member, one visitor at a time to reduce the amount of traffic when we were at very high numbers and there was high positivity rate in the community. We always um, looked at every patient's individual needs. So for compassionate care or um, for disabled, you know, patients, that there, there were always exceptions to that rule. And we, we, we did a really good job at that in our two hospitals, thanks to my leadership team. And our dedicated nurses. Donna, what's your opinion or thought anyway about some areas, including maybe statewide, ending the school mask mandate? So my personal opinion um, is that it, it, it's, I find that um, I think it's early. Just as in hospitals where, you know, we are all wearing our masks every day, all day, you know, it's a controversial subject, and, you know, children, um, you know, children will be more, if we take off masks in school, not under, not knowing who's vaccinated, who's not, I, I think it's, it's early yet. What is the state doing now to get a handle on the metrics now that there are home kits? I follow this stuff every day, and from what I can see, there are about 
20 to 25 percent now of the testing that was done a month ago. That's because, I think, of so many home tests. And people that test at home are not reporting to the state. So how accurate are those numbers now that we're hearing, like the 4.5 percent positivity rate released yesterday? So, so great you know, point. We, we don't know. We don't know. Some of the... Um, we're, we're working on a process to be able to track that, but it's, you know, you can get a home test in the, in the drugstore. You can order it online. It's, you can get it through the government. Um, and it's confusing. You know, I had a patient reach out to me who had a home test that was positive and wanted the monoclonal antibody because he considers himself at risk. So my team, physicians, nurses, we did a great job with this. Patient, but I explained to him that you know the home test is positive. It's 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 important if you're symptomatic to know whether you're positive or not, and that guides your decision making about quarantining, staying home, you know, getting through the period of time where you know you're most contagious. Um, but in order for you know we will, we do require a PCR test for consideration for monoclonal antibodies. So it, it was, you know, we know the science and we know the pathway, but in order um, for patients to understand that, I, it was an aha moment for me when he said, now I understand why, he, because he was frustrated, well, what good is a home test if I can't get Regeneron or one of the other monoclonal antibodies based on the home test? So it's different degrees of specificity which can drive our decision-making for clinical care. Donna, the elephant in the room this morning is the news about the Wyndham Hospital maternity services that were cut and the uh, the fine that Hartford HealthCare had for that. So job one here, what was the mindset behind Hartford HealthCare closing down Wyndham's maternity unit? So um, thank you for asking that question. Um, in June of 2020, when we suspended services, we haven't closed, we've suspended um, until we could get through the CON approval process because we lost our physician call coverage and we had retirement of nurses through COVID. We had 10 vacant nursing shifts every single week. We went weeks without delivering um, babies because women were choosing to go elsewhere. So we had a low volume program where it's hard to recruit. It's hard to recruit doctors and nurses to low volume programs. So we made that decision um, due to the pandemic. Um, they, the process was slowed. We submitted our CON um, application on September 3rd. And as you know, Office of Health Strategy suspended hearings in the midst of the pandemic. So our public hearing was officially held on November 10th of 21. So it's complicated, right? We're working with OHS and Office of Health Strategy. You know, that um, there's been movement and decrease of that fine. It's a very... It's a political issue. I respect um, the concerns in the community, but I also know that the care that we're delivering to our prenatal and postpartum patients in Wyndham, at Wyndham Hospital, is outstanding. I mean, we 
coordinate care. We've started a Healthy Beginning program where postpartum mothers are, we send a community health nurse and a health educator and a translator if, you know, appropriate, to do an assessment when moms get home from the hospital with their babies. We coordinate care for our moms who um, come to our prenatal clinic, and we coordinate care for them to deliver at the hospital of their choice. It is a well-run program, high quality, and we're really giving incredible care to the women um, who come to Wyndham Hospital. When you use the word suspended labor and delivery services, does that mean there's a chance it might come back to Wyndham Hospital? No, we have to do it. We do, it, it is impossible without physicians and nurses to run a program. However, the regulations state we don't close a program until we go through the regulatory process, and that's exactly what we've done, Wayne. Rockville closed its maternity ward in 2010. Why are more hospitals closing their maternity wards? So there are a number of factors. We are graduating fewer physicians who become um, OBGYN. So we have fewer physicians um, go, we, we go, you know, in that specialty. Additionally, we have rising maternal fetal um, um, mortality is a national issue for um, for all of our for, for really for our country, and physicians are these physicians are they're becoming a more scarce, more scarce um, resource for us. So across the country, more and more smaller programs are closing because physicians physicians want to take care of patients, and when there are fewer patients to care for, it's, it's harder for them to have um, a single physician cannot run a program. You need call coverage. Doctors need vacation. They cannot. They can, it's, it's unsustainable for a small, either a single practice, or a single practitioner practice, or a small group. That's frankly why, you know, the Mansfield OBGYN chose to leave and go to Manchester. So it's, it's a challenge, you know, it's a challenge for many hospitals across the country. Don, always good catching up with you. And by the way, congratulations on Bacchus being named among the top 250 best hospitals in the USA. Thanks for your time this morning. Great to talk to you, Wayne. Thanks for having me. Donna Hanley, our guest this morning. She is the president and CEO of Wyndham and Bacchus Hospitals, Hartford Healthcare East, on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.